is a lifestyle. Sports cards and we live now. Jeremy Lee in the building and every guess that you ever needed. Sports cards after hours keep the hobby heated. Updates, hobby talk like you never seen it. Sports cards live and nothing could ever beat it. Sports cards is a lifestyle. Sports cards and we live now. Welcome to another episode of Sports Cards Live with your host, Jeremy Lee. Good evening, everybody. Yes, this is your host, Jeremy Lee. Welcome to episode number 101 of Sports Cards Live. It is Saturday night. We are doing ladies' night tonight. It is June the 12th, 2021. I do want to thank last Saturday's guest, Nat Turner, for a spectacular episode number 100 that quickly became the most watched episode in Sports Cards Live history. Very cool for sure that is. I also want to thank last Saturday's After Hours guest, Chris McGill, for a great follow-up, always well-spoken and an enjoyable guest for the show. Next Saturday, guys, next Saturday, actually next weekend is the Virtual Sport Card Expo, and my guest next Saturday night will be fellow vendor at the show and booth host Amit Acharya. We will do a recap of the day one at the show and talk everything expo. And tonight on After Hours, Ladies Night Part 2, we are joined by Sam Shuford of Women of the Hobby. Very excited for Ladies Night tonight. All right, let's go through some shout outs here, everybody. We are now, we've gone right past the 3,000 subscriber mark, a really big milestone for the show. So I want to thank everybody for that. We're actually past 3,100 now. So that was a, it was a great week. And thanks to everybody who is subscribed so far. If you're not yet subscribed, please do. The next milestone of 4,000 is a ways away, but I'm looking forward to, to reaching that. I want to shout out the Big Three Sports Cards on Instagram. They're on the ticket right now at the Big Three Hockey. Give them a follow. Great supporters of the show. I also want to, as always, thank and shout out the, the podcast listeners. Guys, you guys are, it's a strong army out there. Thank you very much for your patronage of the show. Much appreciated. Also want to let everybody know the National is coming up at the end of July. I will be set up there with a booth for Sports Cards Live, well, a part of a booth for Sports Cards Live going to be carved out at the iconic auctions booth so check that out we'll be there streaming a little bit intermittently i'm looking forward to it not exactly sure what the format will be but we'll figure something out and if you want to be a part of it just stop on by say hello i want to shout out ben carlos for his pre-shows the guy's awesome check out ben carlos on youtube i also want to shout out uh, shea wave logs and putnam cards for their weekly podcast hobby update and the shout out that they gave to me on their most recent episode. That was uh, much appreciated. Also want to shout out uh, Brett from Stacking Slabs and his newsletter, The Weekly Rip. Make sure you're subscribed to that. It's uh, I am, and I'm really enjoying that. And it's free. Check that out. And finally, I also want to let you guys know that the Basketball Card Fanatic magazine issue number 10 came out today. Check that out. I'm going to quickly show you guys right here the cover. I think it's awesome. So here you go. There's the cover for the most recent issue of the Basketball Card Fanatic. And we'll just kind of flip through the table of contents. And so th there you go. It's wicked. Give it, check it out. And shout out to Adam for that. All right, guys. As you know, your comments, your questions are in play as always tonight. So let's get to tonight's guest. She got her sport, her, she got her start in sports cards in 2016 when after graduating university, her fiancé was going through his basketball card collection, and for an adventure, they went to Walmart to buy packs of 2016 Donruss basketball. 
and she was hooked. And she's going to tell us a little bit about that later. She's gone on to collect Luka Doncic. She was one-third of the trio that brought us the House of Jordans podcast and is co-founder of Card Ladder. Her favorite teams are the Dallas Mavericks, the New York Yankees, the Chicago Bears, and the Yale Bulldogs. And her favorite athletes are Luka, Michael Jordan, Tom Brady, and Gronk. Originally from New Haven, Connecticut, currently hailing from Northern Illinois, let's bring her out. Christina Thorson, welcome to Sports Cards Live. How are you doing tonight? I'm doing well, Jeremy. Thank you so much for having me. It's an honor to be here tonight. It, I, I'm glad. I'm I'm thankful you say that. It's great to have you, Christina. And let's let's face it. it this has been a while in the making. I've, I've I invited you on a while ago. It could never really worked out, but here we go. You're on tonight. I'm glad to have you. I I think I'm pretty sure you're. You know, you've made sort of cameo appearances before, but you're the first sort of headliner guest uh, that, that's a woman. And um, I'm, I'm really proud to to bring you on tonight and, uh, and of course, Sam later on. So welcome to the show, finally. Thank you. Yeah, it's, it's great to have you. So we're going to get into sort of your first experience with cards, hear a little bit about that, and, uh, and then sort of um, that uh, really how you became a self-proclaimed uh degenerate pack ripper but before we get before we get to that let's just say hello to the crowd we have great we have a lot of people on hand already we got joseph galante says let's go christina and sam too that's great Johanna's is here good evening christina for commissioner of cards good evening frank good evening jeff mcmahon glad to have you we got terry fortune bobby burrell loves the intro he's got a cameo in us i don't blame you thank you bobby great to see you Rocco Rosado is here. Good evening, Rocco. Says, good evening, Jeremy and SEL crew. Let's climb the ladder tonight for a great show. Great comment, Rocco. YYC, ready for another great show. Thank you, YYC. Dennis is here. Jahan says, Jeremy, we want to see you in your hip-hop gear grooving to your new song. You No, no, you don't want to see that. You do not I think want we to do. That. I think yeah, we, we do. We should take a popular vote. Put it on Let's Instagram and see how far we can get that. I wonder how many votes mine counts for, though. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> GB Rainbow, good evening. Giamaz is here. Good evening. We got Victor from All Time Greats blog. We got Pete Nays. First time watching. Oh, that's awesome. I love when I see this. First time watching live, but have watched all the episodes. Well, Pete, welcome to the live show. Great to have you. Great channel and like. Thank you very much. Thank you so much. Aaron says, I've watched almost every episode. First time watching live. Hey, there's two back to back new live people. Great to have you guys. Joe is here, my man from Santa Cruz. We got Yamwax in the house. Good evening, Yam. Facebook user, good evening. We got Todd McDonald. We got we got Dave Slipka, Chi-Town Hustler. Good evening, Dave. Canadian Collector, good evening to you. Michael Hamm is back. Hello, Michael. We got a lot. I'm not, I'm gonna stop right there because I can go on for a while here. So let's uh let's get <laughs> hey Chris. I Chris, if you are there, please leave Christina alone. I get her attention right now, not you. Okay. I'm not here. <laughs> You're not there. Perfect. Okay. So, Christina, let's jump in. Like, your first experience yeah. with cards, when we chatted, you told me that, um, you know, that first experience, you you became a, a degenerate pack ripper. So, tell us, how did that happen? Yeah, so like you said, um, Chris and I graduated university, and we went back to his parents' house for a few weeks. And uh, he went through his closet and found all of his old base basketball cards. Sorry, his basketball cards. And um, he spent about two weeks having them on the floor, all laid out, <laughs> going through them, sorting them, resorting them, and then started looking uh, up cards on eBay and finding out um, 
like what they were going for. Not very much the cards that he had at the time. Um, and looking at his like quote unquote dream cards from childhood. And then um, while he was sorting through them, one day he was like, hey, do you want to go to Walmart? Because that's where I used to buy packs with my mom, like where she used to buy me packs. And we'll see if we can buy some wax. And I was just like, okay, like I'm up for an adventure. Let's go. And we found 2015 Donruss blasters and bought them all <laughs> as one is supposed to do at retail. <laughs> and um, we just started ripping them. And then I, my first hobby box was purchased on Amazon. Please don't buy hobby boxes on Amazon. <laughs> but I didn't know better at the time. So I bought it and I pulled a Carl Anthony Towns Elite Dominators auto out of 25. And it was the week after he was named Rookie of the Year. So I thought this was like the coolest thing. And we looked up comps and we were like, oh, wow, this is this is like the best card you can get out of this product at the time. And it felt like winning the lotto. <laughs> like it felt like that anticipation, like when you're at the casino and like you throw a dollar into the slots and like you get like 40 bucks back. Like you're just like, oh, my God, like return on investment. This was awesome. And I've been chasing that feeling ever since. <laughs> so is that is that how you became a degenerate pack ripper then? Did, yeah, yeah. That's a term that Josh Johnson, our uh, part, our business partner in Card Ladder, coined for me um, because I rip everything, <laughs> and uh, I've I've been a proud degenerate pack ripper ever since. Right on. I want to bring up this comment from Brian Palmer: A Walmart date night to buy cards sounds amazing. My wife is on board. Maybe we'll have dinner out with the Walmart McDonald's. Yeah, that's a good good plan. Good plan, Brian. And My welcome. Walmart has Subway, but we'll meet you there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> awesome. So, you know, I want to just, I just want you to tell a little bit about the feeling of opening that pack. And like your fir the first time you opened a pack, uh, you were with Chris. What what did he, what kind of like, what did, was he watching you? Was he, was it, was it, was he looking over your shoulder to see? Was he like, be careful? Was he be careful? Yeah. Was those, like, how did that, how did that go? Jeremy was very angry. Like I was like, I had anxiety the whole time. Cause he was like, this is how you open it. Like be careful. No, you can't use scissors. Like this is like, you have to open it this way. And he had a particular way. And the whole time he's walking you through it. I'm just like, hurry up. I want to just open this. Like I'm not a patient person. So, <laughs> and did you, did you do any damage to any cards that first time? And have you, have you ever damaged any cards opening a pack? Not opening a pack, but after opening it, perhaps dropping a card or two, I've done that. It can happen. It can happen for sure. It can happen to the best of us. No doubt. No doubt. Yeah. I just want to bring up Joe's comment here. I've always appreciated how Christina breaks down card designs and aesthetics. Any recent releases catch your eye as of late? I'm so glad you asked this, Joe. Works in progress is my new favorite insert. Uh, it's in Court Kings this year for the rookies. And I love the canvas to portrait design that they have in here, like the sketch to painting. Um, so this would be like my favorite. I'm sure Jeremy doesn't want me to go into all the details, but maybe Joe, we could take that offline and I'll I'll do the whole like, see at the bottom where it says, and then up and your eye follows it. And yeah. No, I, I don't mind. I think that's real. That's one of the things that, you know, we're going to get into a little bit later, but I, I like that about you too, as as, uh, as Joe mentions, because you do, you do 
you know, if you ask somebody, why do you like cards? Your answer is, has that artistic sort of spin to it, which I think is, is awesome. And it's actually, even for me as a collector, you know, and, and it's not just you, Christine, it's not just women either. It's, it's a lot of people are more into the art aspects of a card. And I've started to get into that myself where I really get interested in, in what the card looks like. And sometimes you don't notice those little details. So if you were to go through, I'm not saying do it now, but if you were to, but oh yeah, that that makes sense. There There is that to it. And I think a lot of people could become uh, to like them even more themselves. But um, okay, I want to do a couple more comments here. I like this one from Jahan. He says, women in the hobby validate our strangeness. That's that's very interesting. Love what you collect. Excited for a great show. Thank you. We got Amit from Cardboard Culture who will be joining me next Saturday. Uh, good evening, Amit. And many more uh, from earlier. So thank you, everybody. I also want to bring on this one here. Steve says, that is for sure a daddy-daughter date, although cards plus toys make it the perfect night. So I do want a, a special shout out tonight, everybody. This one I'm going to bring up on screen right now. This one is going out to Steve's daughter, Etta. Etta, if you're watching, good evening to you. Steve sent this message today. He says, uh, you know, we're, we are so ready for Ladies Night on, on tonight on Sports Cards Live. Thanks to Dave from Grand Slam Sports in Sterling Heights, Michigan, our LCS for the great selection and Jeremy for hosting such a great show. But I like down here, the girls in the hobby um, hashtag that he put in there. So want to say hi to Etta. She looks to really enjoy her, her cards there. So um, Etta, hope you're out there and uh, there you are on the screen. All right. That, just shout out to her and always keep collecting. Um, keep, yeah. Keep collecting Etta. There you go. There you go. Uh, we go. We got Colin Murray. Good evening, Colin Yamuk says Jeremy love that card ladder T-shirt charts as merch art. Yeah, you know I have a card ladder shirt and I have a card ladder guest. You got to you got to mix them together. We got Wiser Wiser Collect. Sorry, Wiz Wiz Collectibles says uh, great choice on the works in progress. Generally love the look of Court Kings and feel it's underappreciated. And I want to say hi to Chad Shipper. Good evening to you, sir. All right, and loves card ladder. Thanks for the updates. Okay. So let's uh, let's talk a bit about what you love in the hobby. And I know one of the things you love in the hobby is going to shops. You love going to the LCSs. So talk a, talk a bit about that. And, and, and tell us a bit about some of your favorite stores and people that you've met along the way. Sure. Um, I think anyone who's familiar with me knows that, or my Instagram knows that I love the card store tour. Tour. <laughs> Tour. Um, that was a <laughs> that was a long debate on a, an old podcast of how to actually say T O U R. But um, I love going to card shops. I think that it's very interesting to meet the people who own and run and work in shops and their experiences. Get to know what they collect, what the people in the area collect. Um, I studied anthropology in undergrad, and I very much love studying human culture and human nature. So I really enjoy that aspect and getting to know people in the hobby. Um, favorite card shops is like really tough. Like it's like asking um, like your favorite kid or something. Like all of them are near and dear to my heart. Like, uh, but I would have to say some of my favorites and I'll say some of my favorites, not all. So no one get mad at me if I miss your shop. Um, we've been to quite a few by now. Um, bullpen LA, amazing, uh, product, uh, huge wax wall. Uh, they actually gave me my first chance at guest breaking. So they helped me make a dream come true. 
Uh, then we have Burbank sports cards. Both of those are in Los Angeles or Los Angeles County area. Um, Ryan and Rob shout out to them. Um, amazing place to fill your sets and get singles. Um, also really fun. Um, gosh, there's just so many, uh, our current LCS is JT's sports cards, which is over by us in Northern Illinois. And we love going there. Um, as you can see, I'm still a degenerate pack ripper. <laughs> I have all these boxes behind me. Um, and there's just been so many. There's uh, Eagles in the Seattle area. It's such a cool shop. It's like everyone's dream, I think. He literally opened it in his garage, in, like at his house. And he has a huge collection and he sells things. And like he's just an awesome guy who will tell you about every card in his store. Um, yeah, I mean, Dave and Adams was so much fun to go to uh, in Buffalo or Buffalo adjacent yeah. in New York. Um, gosh, there's just so many, Jeremy. Like I, that's like the tip of the iceberg. So let me let me ask you this then: out of all these shops, were there women working at any of them? Um, yeah, so Bullpen LA is co-owned by Ty uh, Fauci, and she's obviously a woman. <laughs> obviously, I wouldn't have mentioned her otherwise. <laughs> um, <laughs> and Ty and I became great friends. Our first time stopping in there was actually just like a random stop. Like it was a random swing by. It wasn't planned. It wasn't a planned journey. It was like, oh, look, we're out. And we just searched if there were shops near us where we were. Uh, they're right by LAX. So they're super convenient. And Mitch, Harry, and Ty are amazing. And Ty became a mentor to me in the hobby. And just like the opportunities and relationships that she's helped me develop. Like there are no words like for how much respect I have for her. That's cool. So is she... Uh... Is, is someone like that an, an inspiration, a uh, like uh, a mentor at all? Like, and I ask that because, you know, I think I think a lot of people who are new in the hobby and, you know, you're you're not new anymore. But at the time you, you were, did mm -hmm. you was that something that like did she inspire you? Yeah, she definitely made me feel more at home in the hobby. Um, I never felt like separated from any other collector but it was pretty obvious up until that point um i hadn't met any females in the hobby um actually like the first like pack war event we went to in northern illinois at a shop that's no longer open um i walked in with chris and the owner's wife actually said like oh look how cute like you're you're like coming here with him on your friday night and i was like what, like he's with me like I'm the one who opens packs like he's here for the singles like I just like I'm looking for <laughs> I'm looking for pack wars he's looking for slabs like but um and that was kind of my experience up until I met Ty and I was like oh like yeah like let's go like this is this is what I've been looking for <laughs> yeah it's funny you say that because when I'm set up at card shows and uh, Amit who might still be watching usually sets up next to me so he probably sees me do this you know, a couple will come up to my booth and, you know, it, 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 it's apparent that it's in that it's often apparent that she is just there to keep her husband or boyfriend, you know, company. She's not really there for herself oftentimes. And so because you can just kind of tell she's on her phone and he's looking at the showcase. But I will say I, I will I'll, I'll kind of look up and I'll say, 
I'll look at him. I'll go, ah, she dragged you to the card show again, didn't she? And, you know, you get a laugh out of both of them. She kind of like, oh, that was kind of funny. And then breaks the ice. And, you know, it's just a fun way to, to involve people who may, may not be there. You know, and I'm not, I'm not saying that every woman in a card show isn't into the hobby, but right. some are just obviously not there to, to be there. But when, you know, when you come in and you're definitely interested. So it brings me to like, how I just want to say before we move on, Jeremy, sorry to interrupt, but don't judge a book by its cover because I will sometimes be standing next to Chris and I'll be on my phone at a card shop, but it's because I'm answering people <laughs> on Instagram or direct message. And I'm often like working hobby related things while at the shop or while at the show. So just because I'm on my phone or someone's on their phone, don't think they're not actually there for the cards. Uh, they might just have to deal with some pressing business before some they pressing, can get to it. Some pressing hobby business that's on the phone at that time. Fair enough. Exactly. Fair enough. No, fair enough. So brings me to a question. Like, you know, being a being a woman in the hobby, obviously they're, you know, it's a male dominated. I don't think anyone's gonna argue with that. Um, what's it like going, you know, let's say you're not with Chris and you go into a shop, what, what's it like going into a shop as a woman in the hobby? If you've ever gone, I don't know if you have you and Chris are ever really, would you ever go without him? So maybe it's not, it's not a reasonable question, but what is it like as a woman going into a card shop these days? Well, first I think Chris would be mad if I went to a shop without him, just like I would be mad if he went to one without me. Um, it's happened before, uh, but it usually starts an argument, uh, to be honest. Um, I don't like it, it's just you're a collector. So you walk in and you're just a collector looking for things. Um But do you I guess like do you go in thinking to yourself that, you know, are they gonna take me seriously or are they gonna think I'm here to buy a gift for somebody? Like, or do you go in there thinking not thinking that at all? And and you know, either usually when I go in, I'm thinking, how can I ask them if I could take pictures to post on Instagram? um and have them not be like what are you doing like what no um so <laughs> and have you have you gone in with that sort of attitude or feeling uh right from the first time you you started going yeah that's that's excellent i mean i'm just curious what that what that's like because for me uh just as a man in the hobby one of you know the other 95 percent of the hobby participants probably it's um you know i've never had i've never gone in Think, feeling like a a minority segment within the hobby, so that's why I asked the question. Just if there's anything going going on, and you know that you don't is kind of awesome. So. Yeah, I'm just a collector. I mean, it's a shop, so it's not like I'm going into like someone's house or a private. Like, I don't. It's open for business, so it's open to the public. I just I have never really thought about it like that. Um, no, yeah. fair. Good. Okay. I want to say hi to Frankie Gonzalez, who will be joining us on July the 10th. Frankie, good evening. Uh, she collects cars as Bullpen and Burbank are our Disneyland. I believe that's True. Hannah. Good evening, Hannah. Mike Wick what card, asks you, what card packs are you currently seeking and where do you prefer to buy them? Um, Honestly, right now, there's not many packs. Like, There's not many boxes I'm really searching for. Um. I mean, if someone has a really good price on a 2018 anything, I'll buy it for basketball. Um, but I just go and whatever speaks to me, like I end up buying. Um, 
we went to Chicagoland Sports Cards uh, yesterday, I think. Uh, and we ended up buying a box of 2020 Prism and a box of 2019 Status um, just for fun. Like not really searching for anything, but it's always fun to rip things. So you got it. 2018. 2018 is all about Luca for you, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah makes <laughs> sense. Makes sense. Thomas Newman with the super sticker. Thank you very much, Thomas Newman. Sports card seller. Good evening to you. I want to read this. Sanderson to or Eric says, my wife has gone to shows with me to keep me company. And after she gets a sense of what I'm looking for, she helps me find things. She has yelled out at times for your show. Is this what you're looking for? That's pretty funny. Hey. It's, it's a nice thing to do together for sure. Maybe uh, she shouldn't yell though. Maybe she should like tell you privately so that you could help make that deal instead of like, hey, like, is this the thing you've been searching five months for? Because then the dealer might know they could, they can, they have you over the barrel. Exactly. That's a really good point. Really good point. Eric, talk to your wife about that one for sure. For sure. Okay. So the next topic I want to talk to you about is collecting with a partner because you know, as you've explained to me, you and Chris, you guys are in this thing together. You collect together. So, you know, I think a, a lot of people just their PCs is their personal collection. It's just for them. You guys actually do this together. So how does it work to collect with a partner? How does it, how, do, how do you do that? Um, it's really fun, actually. Uh, I mean, there are their pros and cons, but it's, it's really fun to collect with someone, especially someone, um, like your significant other, because it's just another aspect of your life and your passion that you share together. Um, and then cards are just like such an amazing hobby to have in general. I think that's why we're all in it. So to share it with your significant other is just a really unique and awesome experience. Um, it's fun because <laughs> some people who don't have a spouse in the hobby will often like be told like, no, you can't really buy that because, you know, it, it might be expensive and you have to like check with the finances or whatnot. Whereas Chris and I kind of feed off of each other. And it's like, do I really need to spend like $400 on a Maxi Kleba one of one rookie card? It's just a patch. It's not even an auto. And um, the answer is yes, you do, because he only has like five one of ones. None like and this is his patch one of one. He doesn't really have an RPA, so you should just buy it because even though you're probably the only Maxi Kleba collector out there, the seller obviously has it at that high price because like work them down, but you, you got to do what you got to do. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, he's probably, I mean, I know Josh is mad at me for spending that much on a card of Maxi Klebas, but, um, like Josh makes fun of me for my Maxi Kleba collection. It's fine. Um, collect what you like, collect what you like, right? I mean, that right, you're, exactly. you're following the mantra, the one of the main exactly. hobby mantras right there. So exactly. Um, then there are also like some downfalls, right? Like you usually when you're at a show, and this just happened to us in Dallas, you're at a show and you're like, okay, I want to make a deal. I want this card. Um and he knows I want the card too, but in order to make that deal happen, we have to discuss what we're going to trade and how much we're going to offer for a card. And usually that's an internal conversation a lot of people have. Like you have it in your head of, okay, this is what I have on me. This is what I'm willing to give up for this card. Um, but for us, because we're a couple, we haven't mastered telepathy yet. 
Um, <laughs> we have to have a, like, we have to step away from the table and have a conversation about that. Um, but yeah, so I guess that's really the only con. And like the pro is also a con because like we then spend money on cards where some people limit themselves. Like you have a cheerleader in your corner being like, yeah, you totally need that card. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's so, so to what extent do you guys really get, put your heads together when you are making a purchase decision? Like I know you, you guys bought the, that Luca RPA, the immaculate at a recent card show. Like I can't like, for me, it, it's all internal. You know, I might, I might call on a friend, you know, I might say, Hey, what do you think of this? Or what should I pay? Or, you yeah. know, but, but really at this point, I just, if I like a card, I, I don't really talk to anybody about, it. I just buy the darn card. So it, it, it's almost seems to me like it would be kind of fun to be able to bounce the idea off somebody else, make that decision together. Um, that kind of thing. Like how much of that, like, do you guys, do you guys do that with just about every purchase? Like, it sounds to me like you fuel each other's fire, you feed each other's fire and all this. Right. And I think that that's just kind of awesome. So for, to you, it's natural. So I don't know if I have a question here or just a comment that maybe I, I kind of, in a way, I like I like having the freedom to do what I just want to do, and I don't need to consult anybody. But at the same time, if your partner, if your hobby collecting partner is as knowledgeable as you are, or you respect their 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 thoughts and and what they think about certain cards and what they know about them, their knowledge, then you really just you you must have a bit of an advantage. Do you guys do you feel like you like do you and Chris feel like you have an advantage? as far as um, making better decisions because you have each other to, you have two brains working on them. I'm pretty sure I'm the liability in this relationship and he's the advantage, but I feel very like honored and privileged to have him to bounce ideas off of. Um, yeah. Yeah. Okay. No, cool. It's, it's a, it's, it's, it's a, it's a, it's an interesting thing that you bring to the show tonight because I think for most of us, we kind of just go at it ourselves. Um, with our friend, you know, private, a lot of people have private chats and they can kind of put it out there. What do you think is a fair price for this? And like, you know, that kind of thing. Or when you're, when you're getting into a new area of sports cards, sometimes you'll go to an expert within that genre. And, and I know I've done this myself. I'll say, you know, is this card is maybe as important as I think it is, as, as I can tell. And then that person might say, well, you know, they'll, they'll, add, they'll tell you a bunch of things about it that may shed new light. So um, you know, I just feel like you, you must, two brains is better than one sort of thing when it comes to making those decisions. I, I think I could be wrong. Who knows? Okay. Let's, uh, I want to talk a bit about the house of Jordan's podcast that you were involved in. And I want to, I'll give you, I'll give you a shout out on that shortly, but a couple more comments here. Frankie says, I definitely have to thank Christina for keeping my Luca PC on track, uh, on track. Sorry. Great one. Matthew Jones says, I need a new wife. Just saying. Sports card sellers says, I think we need more females in this sports card hobby. And, you know, here, let's just stop on that for one sec, Christina. Are you noticing more and more women in the hobby, like, say, in 2021 than you did in previous years? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I've definitely noticed um, there's more women at shows. Um, I mean, there have always been women in the hobby, right? Like, um, even before I, like, came into the hobby in 2016, um, I know that there were women out there because I started following them on Instagram, um, and women collectors and dealers, um, and they kind of paved the way for uh, like the next group of people who came in. 
And um, they're just amazingly supportive. And I just try to emulate that in my dealings with other women in the hobby. Um, we have a face group, we have Facebook groups and Instagram chats and things like that, uh, where we all support each other. And it's just, you know, it's just another, it's like, um, like I'm in a Luca chat and like a hobby eats this chat. Like, you know, yeah. like it's just, it's just hobby another group sense. of friends that like we talk about cards with. Yeah, no, it's great. Okay, Steve Sir says, single dad here. My daughter doesn't know about budgeting yet, so the answer is always yes to buy more cards. I love that for sure, for sure. Uh, Tiger Jordan, I've seen both your questions. They're on the list. We will get to them in due course, I promise you. And uh, we got Billy in the house, SRT4Girl, says, I've been in the hobby since 2003. Yes, I'm dating myself, LOL, which I know I know you're married, Billy, so I know you're not, but in the hobby-wise, you are. And uh, Billy's someone I've, I've known for over 15 years now, so... Uh, welcome to the show, Billy. Um, okay, let's talk about House of Jordan's podcast because it was my first uh, introduction to you, uh, to you, and it was my first um, in, exposure to a woman in hobby media, putting herself out there in hobby media. I guess you could say because I went. So, House of Jordan's is a podcast that you, Chris, and Ryan, Chris's cousin, I believe, Brian, Ryan, sorry, Brian. And Brian, I, I, I used to do a, I used to do um, the, I used to do the intro myself. <laughs> the intro to your show was, it was, it was my, I can't do it right now. Yeah, do it, do it. You can do I it. I don't know if I remember. It's been so long. Um, my name is Chris, Chris underscore H-O-H-O-J on Instagram. And this is Chris. And then you'd come on Christina, K-R-I-S-T-N-A-S-P-C on Instagram. And then, and, and then you go, and, and Brian, I can't remember his Instagram right now. What, what is it again? Uh, Joden card. Joden. And my name is Brian Joden. Anyway, I can't do it anymore, but I haven't listened. I haven't listened to House of Jordans in a long time because you guys aren't doing it anymore. So, but let's talk about House of Jordans because I've said it on the show many times that, I don't know, this is probably two, three years ago now. I'd go out evening walk and I would listen to a House of Jordans podcast. They were like three and a half to four hours long. I could get several walks out of one. I could like a whole week. I'd listen to an episode. And if I finished the episode and then I was going out and there wasn't a House of Jordans, listen to, I'd be kind of disappointed because that's what I wanted to listen to during my walks. And, um, and you were, you know, on that podcast. And when you, you know, I don't know, I go out when I first listened to the podcast, I wasn't expecting there to be a woman's voice on the show. And at first I thought, oh, well, this is interesting. Why is why is she on the show? I'm just being dead honest. Like, no, no, because I didn't know. I'm I had kidding, no idea. I'm kidding, I'm kidding. <laughs> but it took me like it took me like five minutes to realize, oh, she's a collector, she's a hobbyist. And I've, you know, like I said, I've been I've been setting up a card shows for 15 years plus. And there's many women in the hobby that that collect. I know that because I have sold them all cards. And, and dealt with them. And so I, I was like, it wasn't like I was shocked or surprised. I was like, this is awesome. Oh, awesome. And then I'm like, what a lucky guy. Cause this, cause this is Chris's girlfriend. Chris's girlfriend is, is in the hall. I'm like, bro, like, how did you score? A, how did you score a card collector girlfriend? Like you're that's everybody. That's every card collector's dream for his girlfriend to want to collect cards too. So anyway, I was just, I thought it was awesome. And you brought a, you brought such a great, perspective to the to the episodes and um and not but but 
you held you held and why wouldn't you but you held your own with 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 chris and brian and um anyway i just really enjoyed that podcast so tell us a little bit about house of jordans how did that start for you guys um honestly it was chris's idea like most things in my life <laughs> um no it was chris's idea he was really interested um in talking about the market of jordan cards especially like 90s inserts because that's his passion um and he was like okay we're gonna do a podcast and i was like have fun like bye i'm gonna go in the other room and read um and he was like no 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 like i want you to be on the podcast like brian's gonna come over and the three of us are gonna sit down and i was like i don't really have anything to say like I don't want to talk about the market of Jordan cards. I like the art of Jordan cards. Um, and that was kind of like my lane in our collecting in our PC was like, I would look at the card and be like, this is why I want it and talk about like the art. And he would be like, okay, well, this is what the market is. And he's very analytical. So um, like it blended together and that's how we would pick cards. And it's mostly him picking cards and me just like enjoying them. Um, but he he was like no like i really want you to be on the show so i was like okay fine i'll do it but i'm sitting on the couch and i'm gonna like have my book in my lap and like you could set up the microphone but like you guys are going to be at the kitchen table and i'll be on the couch over here like in our apartment and um i think during like hour three of the first four hour episode i fell asleep on the couch because they were coming on and on about like the market of these five Jordan cards. And I was just like, this is the most boring thing to me <laughs> because like without seeing the numbers and just like talking about them, like I have no, like I can't follow you guys. Like it was also, I think like a Friday night and I had just worked all week and I was just like exhausted anyway. Um, but yeah, so I fell asleep <laughs> during the episode and like then woke up and was like, are we still going? Like, I took like a 20 minute power nap. And I was just like, are you seriously still talking about the same card? Um, but yeah, that was the first episode of House of Jordans. And then after that, I was like, okay, if you want me to be engaged, like, I'm gonna have to do like a segment on why I like these cards, and not talk about the market. And that's kind of how I started doing the descriptions of the cards and like, the artistic design and why like why your eye catches this certain card and how your eye like moves with the line of motion and things like that and what ties the card together and that's pretty much how house of jordan's developed i remember you know you talk about the aspects of the card so i remember listening and it was always a michael jordan card that that was the subject matter for the most part on your show and i asked chris i sent him a message on on, on uh, instagram a couple of months ago and i said can you send me a list of all the cards that you guys featured on the show and he's like oh so he sent me a couple but i think what i was really asking was and now that you tweak my memory was the cards that christina analyzed the artistic artistic nature of because the ones that come to mind for me are the high risers the, the michael jordan high risers card and i remember when you were describing you're like because this is a card it got in the audience. If you don't know this card, it's obviously got Michael Jordan on it, and it's got like a couple of high-rise buildings in a, like a, a foil kind of um, uh, uh, technology. And you made the comment. I don't know if you remember this, but you made the comment about that card that like if you look closely at these high-rises, 
you can actually see like the floors of the the floors of each floor within the building. Do you remember saying that specifically? Because um, now that you're saying it, I do. But if you would ask me like what I said about the card, I wouldn't remember. Yeah. So, so you said that. So now when I've looked at that card on on my phone or on you know on my screen, I'm looking to see that, and it's a card I want. I've never bought a copy, but it's a card I want because I have a great memory of listening to you talk about it. So I'll, one day we'll buy the Michael Jordan high risers. And same thing with the competitive advantage. That's another card that you guys really spoke to in, in quite detail. And um, I don't own one of those too, but I, I'd like to maybe if I can never find the time, I'll go back, listen to all the cards that you profiled on those shows and put that little collection together. Cause it's uh, it'd be special to me because I really enjoyed those podcasts at the, a couple of years ago now. So. Thanks Jeremy. Yeah. The Doric columns of high, uh, competitive advantage. Yeah, exactly. So and everyone made fun of me. They were like, how do you know what these are? And I was like, no one studied art history, like one semester in college. Like, come on guys. Oh, you're talking about the competitive advantage, right? Yeah. 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 yeah it's a great, it's a great looking card. Okay. So to my point earlier that so many, you know, of us would love to, for our significant other to collect cards, Fresh Link memorabilia actually is looking for a significant other right now and asked if you have any single friends who are into the hobby as much as you are. This is not a dating <laughs> channel, Freshly Inked, but uh, but it's nice. But I understand where you're coming from. A couple comments here. Eric says, I've been in the hobby since 79, opened my own card shop in 95. Used to have my, I think he means girlfriend, assist me at card shows and she brought a whole new light, which, yeah, for sure. I, I can totally understand that. Love what you collect. I collected it as a young girl with my aunt, and now I collect with my five-year-old daughter. Awesome! Like that's uh, keep. That's just awesome. What else can What else can I say? Joe says that uh, House of Jordans is Hall of Fame. It is for me, so I get that. I get that. And uh, Bob Big Boy says, Christina, can you create a dating app where men can find female collectors? Men can Okay, women can rate men with sus upgrades. Well, maybe not to that point, but uh, I can understand the fact that people want to, to meet somebody who has common interests for sure. Um, okay. Maybe, uh, at national, we could do like a singles night or something. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> it might there be a lot go. of guys, but that's- And uh, Jim wants to know, is Brian from House of Jordan still in the hobby? Great question. Um, he he's actually focusing on other aspects. Um, not all of us are huge card nerds like present company um so uh like he's he's focusing he has a lot of other things in his life other hobbies uh job uh significant relationship and uh he's working on those and following his other passions at the moment so yeah yeah okay cool cool uh the sports card seller reminds everybody because i always forget to to hit the like button so thank you sports card seller for reminding me yeah, guys hit the like button or the thumbs up if you can subscribe to sports cards live if you haven't yet Greatly appreciate it. Hello, Sam. Great to see you, buddy. Great to see you. And uh, what's the big boy says, Jeremy, is that Trey Young on your t-shirt? It looks like his prism rookie photo. I, I think it is actually, isn't it, Christina? You tell me. Yeah. No, that's Trey Young. That's Trey Young. So this is a card ladder t-shirt from their um from their swag site, I believe. I forget what it's called, but I cardladder.com slash merch. Yeah, there's actually a see that card ladder sort of logo on the back as well. So I, I bought this on there on that website. Uh, AJ15, good evening to you. And uh, Eric says, dating game event at National this year hosted by Christina. Hey, you know what? That'd be pretty funny. But uh, I don't What was that okay. game? What was that, um, that show on, like, singled out? That show on MTV? Do you remember that? 
I don't. I don't. Oh, okay. Okay. So <laughs> <laughs> it was a game. So it was like, yeah. Okay. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> moving on. Moving on. So just curious, because again, I just want to let everybody know, like House of Jordan's podcast. It was really. Uh, oh, here we go. Hockey guy says singled out. There you go. Yes, that's the one. That's the one. Well, I don't. What was it? It was a show where um, I don't remember who was hosted, but uh, who hosted it. But it was a show where like one person sat in like a throne turned away from the people, like a big group of people. And like they would ask questions and like people who it would be like, I don't, I don't even know. I don't remember it really. But the premise was like there would be like a hundred of the opposite sex or like of the of the gender of the person who's on in the thrones like choice and then they would like single out like by questions like 20 people at a time like like i want to date someone who's in this region and then like other people like those people would have to leave and then it would like get smaller the group would get smaller and smaller until one person was singled out. <laughs> I want to date someone who collects. That. I want to collect. I want to date someone who collects basketball. Okay, so everyone who yeah. doesn't walk. I want to collect somebody who collects '90s. Everyone else has to go away. Exactly. Who Michael Jordan. Everyone else. I see. Okay. Um, and I see some people. Are, I guess. I guess they're saying that. Uh, had, yeah. Toa says it had Chris Hardwick and Jenny McCarthy. So does Eric. Yeah. Sam says Carmen Electra maybe made an appearance on it. Yannick, good evening to you. Latrell Spreewell. Is in all caps tonight. Good evening, Latrell Spreewell. Thank you very much. Glad you're enjoying the content. Uh, wait, Bob's Big Boy says dating event will be 250 awkward single dudes and five overwhelmed ladies sponsored by bench warmers. Yeah, and Toa, okay, that's uh, what you were just basically saying, Christina. They would eliminate until it was only one and then they had to go to a date. GB Rainbow, I still love listening to the old House of Jordans episode. It is often eye opening to hear the prices from a few years ago. And Refractor Jones says, I want to date a girl who understands my bad habit of sports cards. Yeah, even understanding is great. You don't have to be into it. Just understand what we're doing here. Um, so, yeah, I was going to say, I want to let everybody know, House of Jordans, it was it was like the first content that I consumed that I don't know if I'd be doing this show right now if I if, you know, if that didn't happen. You know, there were other things in the interim, too, but um, it was really my first introduction to it. So. To, to hobby content. I, I I just loved it. So I do recommend people check it out. They are long. So make sure you carve out some time. How how long did you guys do the podcast for? Um goodness. We started in like late 2018. Um and then we went until pretty much until Card Ladder took over our lives. So around this time last year. So about uh, almost two years, a little less than two years, um, because late to 2018 to early 2020. Um, so there are quite a few episodes. I don't know how many, to be honest, um, but really long. So like you could break them up into like probably five episodes for every one uh, or five listening experiences. So uh, yeah. That's what I did. I mean, I, I would literally do about 40 minutes at a time and uh, that would last me almost a week. So, you know, four, at least four or five uh, evenings. So so yeah, check those out, guys, if you if you want to go back in time. Um, and you know, what came out of Card Ladder for you? Uh, and and did any, you know, did anything come out of it for you? Um, did it open any doors for you as a as a woman within the hobby? Do you mean Card Ladder or House of Jordans? House of Jordans. House of, House Jordans. of Jordans. Okay. So for House of Jordans, um, for sure. I mean, one of my 
one of my really good friends now in the hobby, uh, the first time Chris and I had met him, we were actually at a group subber's house, like dropping off cards or picking them up. I don't remember which. And um, we were talking to the guy outside, like about to get in our car and someone pulled up and they were there to pick up or drop off their cards. And they were like, oh my God, I was just listening to you guys. And it was kind of really awkward because I was like, what does he mean? Like we're on like a street in Los Angeles, like in the dark. And like this guy just like comes and he's just like, oh my God. And then he was like, I'm totally fanboying right now. Um, like I was literally in the car just listening to you guys. Like, um, and it was a really cool experience of like, oh my gosh, like people are actually listening to four hour episodes of us just like talking about Jordan cards and what they mean to us and why we like them and what the market's doing. Um, but it also kind of gave me like an intro to a lot of people. And it, when I went on the card store tours, like it would give me like kind of like an authority of like, Oh yeah, I'm the girl from house of Jordans. Um, which is how a lot of people referred to me as, um, and they would like be like, oh, like you're the girl from House of Jordans. Like, yeah, yeah, take a picture of my shop, like put it on Instagram. Like, that's totally fine. So it was a great, like, I, I don't want to say like validation, but it was a great way to like have that recognition to help open other doors. And then, um, like, because we were always creating content, we would do things like for the purpose of content. Like, we would go to, the long, uh, the long beach expo and go and like go, go to the card show. And we would go to like trade nights at bullpen, um, which then allowed me to become really close with Ty and Mitch. And then they let me guest break. And I got to talk about it on the show about how like my dream finally came true. And I got to break like for someone else, not just for myself. Um, and it just, you know, it just, it was just an amazing experience and like a great way to fully cement myself in the hobby. So if anyone's thinking about making content, um, I would definitely say like find your niche and then dive in and just start making it. So speaking, so speaking of that, you then had a, a bit of a spinoff show from, <laughs> did. from House of Jordan. T tell us about your spinoff. So the spinoff started because I did a Christina's Corner segment on House of Jordans where I talked about Project 2020 cards. And I was like, look, these cards are really cool. Um, like, this is a really interesting thing that Topps is doing, focusing on the artistry of cards in a different way than we're kind of used to at that point. Um, and I was really digging what they were doing. And I said during the episode... Um, like, I would love to interview Blake Jameson or Tyson Beck. Like, that would be, like, a dream come true. And Blake Jameson actually found out I said that and messaged me and was like, let's go. And I was like, wait, what? <laughs> like, um, I'm just a girl talking to a microphone. And, like, you're an artist, like, in Brooklyn, like, making all these athlete portraits and working with Tops and making cards that I'm buying off of Tops' website and it was really awesome. And he was the influence for me to start Christina's Corner because like House of Jordans was limited on time, even though we were long episodes uh, where I really wanted to dive in what was in inspiring him. And that was content that wouldn't fit in a House of Jordans episode. So 
I had a spinoff and then I got to interview him and he helped me interview Tyson, like connect with Tyson Beck and other Project 2020 artists. Uh, and then, you know, I reached out to friends in the hobby, including um, like people who own shops and people who worked at Panini and they decided like they came on the show and it was just a, an amazing opportunity. And I think there will be some Christina Corners in the future because um, there are people I want to interview, but we're just trying to find time, <laughs> which is something we're very short on right now um, to make that work in the schedule. But like spoiler, like they will be coming. It, they might not be as regular as once a week, but they will be coming out. Awesome. I look forward to that because it's your, your take on the artistic nature of cards is is something that I that, that has got me interested in certain cards before, and I'm sure it can do that again. So it might cost me a few bucks, but I'll I'll, I'll watch. Listen anyway. Uh, Decoy Card says, as someone who mostly collects cards with great aesthetics, I really appreciate Christina's passion for that aspect of a card. And uh, Jahan says that uh, Christina is Chris's Grail. <laughs> nice. I think that's a nice comment. Um, and. Uh, and he goes on to say, Chris shows her five pages of notes and analysis. Ben says he edited it down from 10 pages, which I completely believe, completely believe uh, that, that's quite reasonable to me. So, okay, let's let's move on. Let's talk a bit about Card Ladder. We've got some questions about Card Ladder that have come through. So I'm going to start with Amit's question, and then we'll get to some of mine. Uh, he says, I'd imagine the synergy between the two of you would make for interesting card ladder banter. How do you resolve differences of opinion? Um, well, you, you just no. win, right? <laughs> no. Um, no, uh, usually, usually like when we're, when we're talking about something card ladder related, um, like Josh is on the call and we're like the three of us are arguing for our points of view and then, yeah then we usually find an answer somewhere in between or we develop one to fit all three parameters that we've laid down. Oh, fair. Okay. So tell us how did card ladder come about? Yeah. So card ladder was a brainchild of Chris's and Josh's. So what it was, was Chris, as everyone knows, um, on house of Jordans studied the market and then he developed these spreadsheets that he would send out. And I think Jeremy, you remember those spreadsheets of market analysis of Jordan inserts. Yeah. And um, he would like send them out to people and uh, subscribers would like get them. I think they were once a month. I'm not really certain on when they would go out, but um, he was putting those together and he was talking to Josh and he was like, I feel like there's a better way to do this. And Josh is a software engineer and um, and a developer. So Josh was like, well, yeah, like there's this and this and this, and we could do this and da da da. And then the two of them, like Chris's data and Josh's engineering got together and they developed the idea of card ladder. And then pretty early on, they brought me in and um, because I was always there. Usually, as anyone who watches Crossover knows, offering my opinion, even if it's not asked for, um, <laughs> that's just who I am. Uh, so <laughs> I would be shouting in the background, like, have you thought about this? Or what about this? And so, um, yeah, I started working on it and with them. 
and they developed it and it was a passion project that was pretty much just for them and it quickly developed into something that they were like like this is more than we should just have for ourselves this is something that we should open up to everyone um and that's how card ladder originally started so what is your role with card ladder <laughs> jeremy what isn't my role in card ladder <laughs> um i do a little bit of everything i like to say i'm the janitor of card ladder any job or task that needs to get done uh that pretty much the boys don't want to do or any of the team doesn't want to do falls into my computer um i do customer uh, service, customer relations. I do partnerships with other businesses and with affiliates, content creators uh, in the hobby. I do a little bit of marketing. I do the financials uh, and I'm on the research team. Awesome. And, um, and I also break things on the website. Like when Josh has a new feature, I'm the first one to test it. And then I usually break it so he can like figure out why I, how I broke it and <laughs> what customers um, like would need in that feature. So, so the question came up earlier from Tiger Jordan and I mean, you just told us kind of what your role is, but he asked it and it's on it, the exact question was on my list of what does a day in the, in your life at card ladder look like, you know, sorry, here's what I want to ask before there are. So we're going to, we're going to table that for one second because there's probably some people watching who don't know what card ladder is. So, uh, yeah, probably. So take take a minute or two and just explain to to people what Card Ladder is. Yeah, Card Ladder is a website and application um, that talk like helps collectors uh, be informed and have fun in the hobby. So we are a market analytics data tool, uh, but we're also a place where you can track your collection. You can create watch lists. You can create fake. Uh, collections and you can have fun looking up cards, comparing cards. There's a host of features. Um, we offer things for free at cardladder.com and on the uh, app. And then there's a pro membership where you get a host of features like tracking your collection, um, seeing the all time sales history of cards. And the great thing about Card Ladder is that we vet every single sale. So um, we are very particular and data accuracy is extremely important to us. Um, and we make sure that the hobby has as much information and correct information as possible so they can make better informed decisions. So, so the, so when you say you guys vet every sale, you guys, you guys get a, you get a feed from eBay tells you what happened. And then you, you actually go the extra distance. And I know this, so this is a, it's sort of a, I want you to confirm, but this is my understanding is that you go the extra distance to make sure that, you know, that there might not be a, either a suspicion of shilling. So that, and like, did the, did the sale actually go through to the point where I think I've heard Chris say that you guys will actually reach out to sellers and say, was this card actually paid for to yes. make sure that you're not going to put a data point in the sales history of a certain card that looks like an outlier to you. Uh, so instead of just put, including it, you kind of go the extra distance to verify that sale. Is that, is that true? That is true. Yeah. We, um, 
some most sellers are extremely receptive of that like that message um others are are not so happy when they receive it um but we we ask our members to also help us um anything that's relisted uh is taken off of the database or if it was ended and relisted immediately it doesn't come in at all and we have a purgatory folder for each card that any sales that are suspicious get put in there until we can confirm with the seller um, or we get some more information on the transaction that we can say, yes, this is a good sale and a good data point for everyone to see. Okay. So before, okay, thank you for that confirmation. That's something I just wanted to make sure. And before we get to a, what a day in the life of you looks like, so think about that for a second. I want to go to a couple comments here that came in a few minutes ago. Uh, first, my buddy Sam says, that's such a cool story about Christina and the uh, the Tops 2020 artists. And Jahan says, man, that high risers has gone up. Had my eye on it for ages. Need a job in the hobby to fund my hobby. I hear you. No doubt about that. Uh, Frankie says, we definitely need the, co the corner bag. I think he means Christina's cornered. Help people appreciate cards. We need more of that. Too much market talk every day. Then a couple comments about the shirt that I'm wearing that they can't believe... Can't believe that Josh allowed the the Trey shirt to be made. When I bought this, I had no idea it was Trey Young. I just like the color scheme, the color scheme of it. Out of all the of all the shirts that you guys had available, so I went with that one. And uh, Yam says that Christina's job description sounds an awful lot like that of a startup CEO, which I got to say, it really does. And it, uh, you know, you should maybe lobby for that. Well, Yam and I will lobby for that so that you get the title of CFO, CEO, because Chris and Josh are like, shut up, Jeremy, shut up. But, you know, it's like they probably need someone to to wrangle things in. So anyway, um, so tell us what a day in your life looks like these days. Yeah. So um, I actually have a full time job, Jeremy, beyond card ladder. So um, my days are pretty packed solid. Um, I wake up around 8 a.m., uh, start answering people on card ladder, uh, do customer service, customer relations. Uh, go through anything that comes like that needs immediate attention. And then I go and like go to my job um, remotely uh, from like nine to five and take my state mandated 15 minute and lunch hour breaks and work on card ladder, um, Instagram mostly at that time. And then uh, sign off from work and then I start working for Card Ladder. Um, I usually take a break at about like seven and sleep from seven to nine. Uh, pass out is more like it. <laughs> and then wake up, uh, do research, do anything that needs to be done for that day. And then um, work until we do sales and pendings at night. Um, go to sleep around 5 a.m. and start the day again. Yeah, I I know that I know that you guys keep some pretty uh, off normal type of uh, wake hours just from communications with Chris when they when they come and go. OK, a couple of questions that come in here. Um, Jim wants to know how big is the card ladder team? And Jahan wants to know or sorry, Latrell wants to know is card ladder expanding and hiring? Um, the team is a size that is not disclosed at the time uh, for proprietary reasons. Um, so that's all I can say about that. 
Fair enough. At the moment, we are not hiring. But if you're actually interested, I would recommend you email cardladderappapp at gmail.com with your CV and resume. Uh, and we'll put it on file so that if we do like next waves of hiring, uh, we can reach out to you. Um, yeah. Okay. No, thank you for that. Thank you for that. Yeah, you can only say what you can say. There's a, you know, yeah. proprietary, uh, proprietary reasons are, are well understood by myself. So, um, no, no, no judgment there whatsoever. You, uh, keep that close if you need to. Uh, Amit says, have you, have you, have your 30, 90, 180 day objectives for card ladder been achieved? And what are your two and four year objectives and goals, which ties into the, you know, I was going to ask, what is your long-term vision? What is the long-term vision for card ladder? So I'll let you kind of uh, take those two with, with, uh, with sure. the next question. Yeah. Um, I have no idea. <laughs> um, I mean, our goal is to make the hobby fun and make card ladder fun and informative for people. Um, I think it's something that we're actively working on and constantly updating. Um, we have a host of features. We're always, our development team is amazing, uh, super responsive. Um, as we see from uh, Ryan's video, Card Collector 2, uh, he asked at Dallas for uh, multiple collections. And that was something that we started, our development team started working on pretty immediately. And it came out this week. So Dallas was, I don't even remember when it was, but it was in May at some point. <laughs> so, Couple weeks ago, yeah. I don't remember what the actual dates were, but um, within a month, like we rolled out that new feature or implemented um, and updated that feature uh, based on user and member requests. And that's kind of how we roll. Um, we really listen to our members about what's important which is why we have the submissions feature of what cards are important to our members to be added to the ladder next. And um, they're the reason we do anything at Card Ladder. So um, yeah, as a member, you get a lot of say in, in how Card Ladder moves forward. Yeah, the, the question almost supposes that you guys, you know, started the companies, okay, here's our 30 day goal. Here's our 90 day like objectives. And our, I, I don't see that being the case, right? I mean, you kind of have to be nimble in a, in a startup like this when you're not exactly sure which direction you're going to go every day. So um, it, it's nice to think into the future, but you have to be able to change on a dime uh, with, with any startup. And it sounds to me like you guys have done that based on customer feedback. Is that kind of, does that kind of wrap that up a little bit for you? Yeah, yeah. I would think so. And so, so let's talk a bit about the long-term vision. What can you tell us about the long-term vision two years out, four years out, that kind of thing? Well, I mean, we want world domination by four years. So we have a pretty Fair. big hill to climb. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, I mean, like we're having fun, Jeremy. Uh, I think, I, I mean, we are a business, but I don't try and overthink it. And um Proprietary information means I can't share what features or things we're working on to roll out next, but we have some awesome things coming down the pipe and uh, I ask you all to hold on to your hats and enjoy the ride. Yeah. I mean, I've been a member since you started or, or a subscriber, whatever we call it. And um, the features do keep on coming. So, and I do find it really easy to use. I enjoy it. So, okay. Let's talk a bit about the, before we get into the next topic, um, sports cards culture is a, is a, a show that you guys now produce. 
it's on, I believe, the Card Ladder channel on YouTube. Tell yeah. us a little bit about sports card culture and for you personally, what it's like doing a show with Chris and Josh and being uh, one of the three faces of the company now. Um, it's been fun. Uh, I mean, <laughs> for the most part, there have been some uh, non-fun times. Uh, there are people who shall remain nameless who uh, might not appreciate what we're doing, but, you know, that's not the majority of people we talk to. So live and let live uh, is mostly my philosophy. So um, they do them and I'm going to keep doing me and we're going to keep growing and like making this just as fun as possible because uh, that's what the hobby is. Like if you're not having fun, then it's just work. And <laughs> like, that's not what like passion drives. I don't think. But um, yeah, so SCC, uh, Sports Cards Culture, started as uh, an idea that uh, our social media and creative content uh, officer uh, had. And Stiff Arm Wax uh, on Instagram just ran like through everything he envisioned. And we decided to go for it and it's Chris and I in the studio and Josh gets pulled in via a monitor every week. And we talk about things that are happening in the hobby, um, in sports, in cards and in culture. And, um, and what night is because you started doing it on Friday nights. Now you've moved it to Tuesday nights. Is that right? That is true. Yes. Okay. Tuesday nights. Okay. Um, Sam says, have you guys updated the hockey card side yet? That's what I collect, which is funny because I recently sent you a message saying, oh, Young Guns seem to be popping up all the time. So what's going on with Young Guns for the hockey collectors? Yeah, so um, one of the things the research team does is focus on rookie cards of different sports, the major rookie cards. So we've already completed basketball and football of Prism uh, product. And now we're working on the young gun sets of all, uh, in, like, uh, we started with 2020. We've knocked out 2020 and 2019. Um, currently, the project is in 2018. And we're just going to keep working backwards. Until you get to the beginning of time, which would be like 1990, probably. Uh, Mike Zier says, we want world domination. Jeremy says, fair. <laughs> I get it. I get it. Who doesn't? Who doesn't, right? Uh, Tiger says, who does the intro voiceover on sports card culture? Sports card culture. <laughs> no, I, um, I don't not do you. it. Uh, it's not me. Um, not it's not me. It's uh, Stiff Arm Wax. Stiff Arm Wax. So he's, he's kind of the brains behind it. He came up with the concept. He produces it, and he does the voiceover. He's a man of many talents, for sure. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, Refractor Jones says, you can't please everyone. Enjoy what you do so you don't feel like it's work or stress. Makes sense to me. Makes sense to me. Um, oh, yeah. Jahan said it. Stiff Arm Wax knew that. That's his name. Okay. So, uh, good. Let's let's move on. I want I to – this is Ladies' Night on Sports Cards Live. So, I want to touch on a few – we talked about a few of the, you know, being a woman in the hobby earlier. But I want to I wanna ask you this because I think some of us – some of us men might want to know. Do you have any, any tips for, for men to get the women in our lives more interested in sports cards? Um, 
gosh, this is a, like, you, you kind of like threw this at me when we were talking earlier and I've been thinking about it for a while and like, it's been a few days and I'm not really sure I have a good answer because every woman is different. Uh, every woman is like their own card. Like there are certain things that make them them. And you kind of have to find how sports cards relate to them. So if they like art, like show them some of the artistry of cards and really like show them uh, like how like these cards are art. They're just in a different form than maybe society is used to presenting art. Like it's on a museum, it's in a piece of cardboard. Um, if they like shiny things, <laughs> they have like silvers, they have pink cracked ice. Um, like, I, I really don't think I'm the best person to answer this. Well, let uh, me, re let me maybe, reframe maybe it. Maybe Chris should answer this question. <laughs> let, let me reframe the question for you. Then. Okay. And, and you might have the same answer. It might be just as difficult to, to, to answer this, but anyone in our lives who isn't into sports cards and just from your own personal experience, like, have you ever tried to in, to influence a family member, one of your one of your friends from college or high school, maybe a cousin? Have you ever like tried to convince them as to why cards are cool? Like, so not just how would you, you know, not tips just to get the women in a man in the men's the male hobbyist lives interested in sports, but what? How can we get anyone else interested in sports cards that might not be there at the at this point in time? I mean, I think the only person I've really tried to convince to get into sports cards was my younger brother. And Chris and I like opened some boxes with him once. And he was like, oh, this is pretty cool. And he's a huge sports fan. So we thought like, oh, like this is something we can do together during this family vacation. Um, help pass the time, open packs and like didn't work. Yeah. Oh, no, fair. Well, here, Mike, <laughs> Mike makes a good point that maybe this is a, a question that doesn't really have any good answers. He says, there's nothing my wife can throw at me to, to enjoy quilting. Yeah, <laughs> that, that makes good sense to me. Okay, so let's move on from that. What if she quilted uh, like silhouettes of your favorite cards, like the tray on Jeremy's shirt into the quilt? I don't know if that's possible because I don't quilt, but... Like, would that make it interesting? Maybe. Who or maybe, knows? like, you need to show interest in her hobby, so then she'll show it back into yours. I don't See, like, so I've shown my wife, I show her cards when they come in sometimes. I'll go, like, honey, I'll say, honey, look, look at this one. And she'll actually, she'll actually take it out of my hand. She'll look and I'll say, oh, that's nice. Like, she'll, but she has, she doesn't pass looking at it and saying, that's nice. She doesn't care about cards, you know? She's She just yeah. knows that it's a passion of mine, so. Uh, <laughs> So, okay, next question. We we might have touched on it earlier, but I want to, I have it in this place. So I just want to make sure we do touch on it. And really, and it's not so much based on your own experience, but in your experience and what you've heard from other people and their experience, has the hobby become more welcoming towards women since you've entered it? Um, I definitely think so. Um, personally, like my experience so everyone's experience in the hobby is unique, right? Um, yours is different from Chris's, who's different from Josh's, who's different. Like, even though, like, you could take a similar path, it's going to be different. Um, 
And so like speaking of my path only, uh, not speaking for all women, uh, because that's something I, I don't do and I don't purport to do that at all. Um, I would say yes, but at the same time, um, I never felt unwelcomed in the hobby, um, personally. So I think that part of that was, um, like I was Chris's girlfriend, uh, for a lot of introductions into the hobby and that kind of protected me from some of the, uh, some of the creepier (laughs) individuals of the hobby, I think, um, that I, I know that some women have had interactions with, um, and, uh, I think that helped, um, to be honest. Um, but I think that everyone, especially like now, and I know we'll get into it, but like the attention that Sam's bringing into women of the hobby, um, is making everyone step back, even myself and think, is this, a welcoming space? Am I being as welcoming as I can be? Is there anything I can do more of or less of to make this more enjoyable for others and less about me or my experience and and make sure people feel welcome? And I think that's a great uh, mindset to have. And I, I really enjoy that like that's happening now. And I think it's it's a great it's a great thing that's happening. Yeah, oh, that's, that's a great answer. I, I, I like to hear that, especially that you're noticing it and that uh, that it is people are becoming more just open and welcoming and, you know, less kind of like, um, like not believing that it could happen in a way, you know, not, not, you know, we often say there's no kids in the hobby, there's no women in the hobby. Well, there are kids in the hobby, there are women in the hobby, like, get it, we've got to get we got to get through our collective heads that there are, even if you're a woman in the hobby who might feel like there aren't, like you're really in a, a severe mi- or a serious minority, you know, there are more women in the hobby than you think. There are more kids in the hobby than you think. So it's not, it's not just women there. Um, Eric says that uh, my current girlfriend does not do sports cards at all. She gets annoyed by it. She finally caved in and I was able to show her my PC and the worth and she has changed her tune. So I wonder to Eric, has she changed her tune because she likes the way the cards look or she's impressed by what they're worth? That's a two, two big differences there. I and hope it's because she likes them. Is she impressed by what they're worth because what you bought them at and what they're currently worth? And so she's impressed by like what you've done or is she impressed by what they're worth because she's thinking handbags and vacations? <laughs> Diamond rings, yeah. yeah. You could spend <laughs> this money on, on me instead of on cards, right? You never yeah. know. <laughs> Uh, and, uh, I want to read this one. Mike says, Oh, I support measure. Oh, I support and help measure and look at how, but yeah, she supports me. She doesn't get it. Okay. Sorry. I don't understand that comment, Mike at this time. Uh, but I want to keep on going here with some more comments. Decoy cards, sports cards is often a connection between the sport or the athlete. So that's a possible in, but for, for someone who's not in right now, I brought my girlfriend to a hockey game and she became a fan of Jonathan Quick. Flexible goalie being weird. Yeah, that's kind of cool, right? Sometimes it's all it takes is, a, is a, an interaction or an experience with somebody there. Uh, Decoy says, the most amount of money I've spent on a card was because she told me to buy a card of, uh, of Jonathan Quick, so beware. Yeah, be careful, <laughs> be careful. Um, Drew Easy Does It says, has Card Ladder seen a dip in new subscribers since the market has softened? No, 
Yeah, I'm not gonna answer that. Fair, yeah. fair, fair. <laughs> Sorry, Drew. <laughs> no problem. Latrell says, if you're ever in Chantilly, Virginia, Carjo, I will buy you all beers. I can feed you all and your family. Very nice, Latrell. All right, Latrell. Where in Virginia? Let me let me just yeah, Chant Chantilly. Chantilly, right. Chantilly, yeah, yeah. Right. He's coming. He's coming by. He's coming by. <laughs> so, how you know? How often does it happen where you'll get a message on Instagram or wherever where you're like, "Hey, bro. Hey, dude. What's up, man?" That kind of thing. Like, does that happen? Does that happen to you when you're communicating with people? Yeah, it does. Um, on the card ladder account, I I understand it. Um, but on Christina's PC, it kind of makes me wonder um, like when you're messaging an account that says Christina's PC uh, like what I don't know what you're thinking I've never met a male with the name Christina um, and maybe that's being short-sighted on my end but um, yeah uh, I I will tell this story uh, I had a card letter member uh, who's still a member message me uh, on Discord, which Card Letter has their own Discord. And uh, my account name is Christina's PC on Discord as well. And we were chatting for a while and they kept saying, like, bro and man. And so I would sign my name at the end of every sentence I wrote, like, dash Christina. And it kept happening. So finally, like, I was like, okay, like, you're going to troll me. I'm going to troll you back. Like, don't give it if you can't take it. So I started writing back. Like, I hear what you're saying, sis. I understand what you mean. Like, uh, girl, like, uh, this is something we can work out, chick. Like, and he, this person actually responded with like, haha, like I'm, I'm a male. And I was like, haha, I'm a female. And he, he actually wrote back like, oh, that's cool, bro. And I was just like, uh okay sister like i don't know what to say to that so it went back and forth and now it's kind of like a inside joke between us i guess um where he refers to me as what is considered male nicknames and i refer to him in female terms that's awesome so so <laughs> it's just funny that he keeps on going with that can't can't quite uh can't quite just pick up what you're putting down there. So, okay. I want to just, we got, we have Sam Schuford from Women of the Hobby coming on a little bit later this evening, probably in about, in about half an hour from now. Uh, she does again, the, her YouTube channel, Women of the Hobby. She brings on different women and features them, which is pretty awesome. When you first discovered her channel, what did you think? I thought this was amazing. I was so excited um, that someone had this idea and ran with it. Um, and then I was introduced to her by a mutual acquaintance, a mutual friend. And, um, and like, we started talking and I was just like, I love what you're doing. Like, like keep going. If there's anything I can do to help, like little me, like, I don't know what I could do, but um, yeah, I just, I love it. And I love that she's putting a spotlight on females in the hobby and what they're doing, what they collect um, and helping them feel like, there's a space for them here and it goes back to what I was saying before. And it, it made me think about like what she was doing made me reflect on what I had done previously and private, mostly privately up until that point and how um, I could have been doing more all along. 
and what I should like, like steps that I could take to make this a better environment for other females in the hobby. And you, uh, you were a feature on her show in the last yes. recently. Uh, did you enjoy that? Oh my God. I loved it. It was awesome. Um, I was very honored that she, like she asked me to be on. Um, and it was just a great experience talking with Sam and Hannah uh, and like learning more about what they like their perspectives and chatting about what I do and my perspective of the hobby. And um, I consider them both like amazing friends that uh, this hobby has brought them into my life and I'm thankful for it. That's awesome. Awesome. Okay. Let's, let's move on. Let's see some cards from your collection. All right. <laughs> I have my five cards, right? Like that's, that's what you wanted. Five. I, I, did I say five? I don't remember that, but let's see five cards. Sure. All right, I, have five. Five cards. I have like my five favorite Lucas. Okay. So, uh, and and so tell us, and please for, for, for my benefit, if not anybody else's, what do you love about I want to know what you like about these cards. Okay. Uh, the first up is a, 2018 Prism base card of Luka Doncic. But what makes it awesome, if you can see it, is it's actually autoed. And this was an in, in-person auto that uh, I got. It's PSA. There we go. Certified auto. Yeah. Um, you have that auto yourself? We got this at a Clippers-Mavs game oh, cool. in Los Angeles. Uh Shout out to our friends at Bullpen who we met um, who told us where to buy tickets so that a visiting team uh, would walk by when <laughs> we were there to show up super early and how to get them signed. And the best part about this card is that um, it was like three days before Luca's birthday, his 21st birthday. And uh, his rookie year, and I had a piece of cardboard that the sign was that the card was connected to, and I wrote "Happy Birthday," but I wrote it in Slovenian because I am a geek and I looked it up how to spell it, and so I wrote it out, and I had it on a, <laughs> I had it on the, the cardboard with a sharpie like holding it to the cardboard, and I should have thought like I should have painter taped it to the cardboard. But I didn't think that far ahead. So when he took the Sharpie off, the card fell on the ground. So it's definitely not a 10. Uh, <laughs> there's definitely some damage to it. But um, it fell to the ground and he had to pick it up. And then he autographed it. And then he walked away with my Sharpie. And I was like, totally willing to donate that to him. That's cool. <laughs> and uh, I got it. And I was able to get it because um, there was a very nice gentleman who was standing next to me. And he had already got his like jersey signed and he was closer to the railing and he was like, give me your sign and like I'll pass it down to him. So he helped me get the autograph, which was really cool. Um, so there are some amazing people in the hobby who tell you where to go, how to get things done and will help you achieve your goals. So that's why that card is like super important to me. Plus, it was an adventure that Chris and I took in L.A., um, and it's always fun to see Luca play. And that was our first time seeing him live. Great story. Yeah. Okay. Um, I don't know what order to do these in. Whichever. But, okay. Next up is uh, my Luca Prism Gold out of 10. Um, this is an awesome card. Just 
because it's out of 10. It's his rookie year card. Such an iconic silhouette as card ladders uh, merchandise will <laughs> show. Um, and it's just an awesome story of how we went pretty much all in on Luca pretty early in his career. And uh, Josh uh, told us like which ones to go after of a modern player because up until that point, we were pretty much set on Jordan 90s inserts and playing years inserts. So we needed a little extra guidance on what to focus on. Right. And then next up, I have Luca's uh, RPA in National Treasures. Had a 99, his classic RPA. Uh, this card we got in a trade in-person deal um, at a bullpen trade night. Uh, Mitch and Ty told me that someone had hit this card in a break in their shop. And uh, then they wouldn't tell me who it was, but they told me they were there at the trade night. And I was like, okay, well, I'm going to open product because that's what I usually do. And I started opening Prism Choice back when 2018 Prism Choice was semi-affordable. <laughs> uh, and I hit a tiger stripe of someone. I don't even remember who. And a collector came over and they were like, oh my gosh, I love tiger stripes. Like, let me see this card, please. Like, let me hold it in hand. And then we got talking to him and he was the person who hit this card in the break. And uh, we set up the deal that night. And we're talking to him to happen in a couple days because he had the card um, at home. He didn't bring it with him into the shop. So there's that card. Uh, the next card I have is my Net Marvels 2019 from Don Russ, one of one. Oh, what makes what's different about it? That may, I see the stamp there. Is it is that a, is that red? Is that a foil type of? Um... What the red background is it foil or is it just uh, no, it's just flat, just flat it's, just, it's the stamp that makes it different. Uh, so there's a base copy and then there's the press proof gold copy, which has press proof at the bottom, and then the press proof one of one, which is stamped one of one. Okay. Uh, this card <laughs> we got, um, I was a huge comic book nerd as a kid, like huge comic book nerd. And when I saw this card, Chris found it on eBay listed. When I saw this card, he was like, do you like this? Like a lot of people were unsure about Marvels. And I was like, I need to have this card. Like he looks like a superhero right here. I need to have this card. So we picked it up, got it graded. Um, and that's history. And then the last one I have is the one we were just talking about a little bit earlier, which is our immaculate RPA that we just picked up in Dallas. And uh, this is the card that, well, it's our most recent grail. <laughs> um, so that's what I like about it. It's always nice to have a newer grail in your hand. Um, they always have a little extra special place in your heart until they're replaced with another. <laughs> <laughs> but I really like this card. Um, the hollow, like the hollow foil on it is really cool. And um it's jersey numbered out of 77. So that makes it a little more unique. And I know a lot of people compare these two cards. Yeah. And sometimes they find that card lacking and they like this one a little more. I do say I like the picture 
of Luca on this one a little more um, because you can really tell he's a rookie in this card. Like he looks very young in this card. Um, and then like that silhouette again of him shooting. <laughs> Look at Yam's yeah. comment, very timely, just as you yes. said that, <laughs> that up there. Exactly. So Delon, those are the Delon, oh, just want to say Delon yeah. says nice Luca collection. We've had a bunch of very nices along the way. So I want to, so as far as the Immaculate goes, for me, I like that card better. I love the, uh, it's got a bit of an acetate coating to it. Does it not? Yes, it does. Yeah. yeah. I really like that. 3D-ish, like because of the acetate look on it. Yeah. yeah. I love, to me, Immaculate is, is my favorite uh, Panini basketball product. And, um, and Carvin will tell you, Carvin Chung, who, you know, worked for Panini at the time, said that, when they named that, he wanted to. He, I, th I think he said, told the story that the name Immaculate is, is was given to the card set because of he got it from Madonna's Immaculate Collection album, and that's where it came from. So there's there's Madonna inspired the name of that particular brand, and I think they did a great job with it. So really, really nice, um, really nice collection. Uh, Ingloria says that you should sell all these and cash in, buy a nice house for cash. You know, it's kind of funny, like. Who, who wants a nice house when you can have these wonderful cards, right? I mean, Tiger Thanks. Jordan agrees on the Immaculate. Um, okay. You also, so you collect Luca, obviously, but, uh, and I, you at one time had an Alexander Ovechkin young gun in your collection. You know, you no longer do, but so tell, tell that story a little bit and like your interest in Alex Ovechkin. Um, well, <laughs> I had a very uh, strong mentor of ho uh, hobby hockey cards um, who might be sitting r right there <laughs> um, who told me about hockey cards when I was adding cards to the ladder very early on. And I messaged you for a list of who should be included for the very first wave of hockey cards. And uh, you had Ovechkin on there and uh, a few others, including Crosby, obviously. Um, and I don't know, there's just something about Ovechkin and like his chase after uh, Gretzky. And Gretzky was like a huge influence in my life as a kid, even though I didn't really watch professional hockey. Um, I watched college hockey uh, up until like pretty much still do. Um, but like as a kid, we would go to, I grew up in New Haven. So we would go to the Yale Bulldog games at the Yale whale and watch the men's team play, um, whoever was, they were playing that week. And that was something that we did on Friday and Saturday nights, uh, growing up. And, uh, all of my friends in Connecticut, like played hockey. Um, I didn't because I didn't learn to skate until I was older, um, because I was originally born in California, but that's another story. Um, but, so, uh, yeah. And playing street hockey was something we always did and everyone wanted to be Wayne Gretzky and he was on the Rangers at the time. Um, so everyone had their Gretzky Rangers Jersey and they would wear it to play outside. And, um, this chase that Ovechkin is in just kind of spoke to me because it reminded me of my childhood and like everyone fawning over Gretzky. And um, it wasn't something that I watched him be amazing and be the goat. So it's kind of fun to watch the newer <laughs> baby goat chasing after the actual goat. Um, 
yeah and i know there's like the whole like is gretzky the go or is it actually yeah but we won't get into that <laughs> <laughs> well i mean on this show gretzky's the all-time goat okay some other other shows some other uh you know collectors hockey fans will, will give you a couple of other people that could be in contention for for us for here it, it's clearly wayne gretzky obviously but, the, but, but as far as uh Ovechkin goes it's really him him and Sidney Crosby you know in my opinion their their careers have you know they came in the league the same year they've they've their their rookie cards are all from the same sets as a collector you know they're uh they're they're kind of tied for goats in in my in my mind as far as modern players go Crosby has been Canadian kind of going for him it's just always been a bit of a benefit for for a player's cards versus being Russian for whatever reason but Ovechkin kind of transcends that because he's just so charismatic and it's hard not to be a fan of Ovechkin he's so passionate and uh, I'm a big fan so so you, he's but, also a collector I don't oh, know if you know this I didn't I didn't really know that he every time he hits a milestone um he like has one of his teammates who helped him reach that milestone that game sign his stick with him and then he has all these hockey sticks in dc at his house and uh in russia as well where his family is and like so he has like gloves hockey sticks of him of his own but then also of other people he's played against so um that kind of speaks to me too because he's a collector himself and yes, I'm the research geek that went and when you told me who they were, like who these people were in hockey that I should be putting into the ladder, um, I went and like researched them, where they were from, like what teams they played for, what make them read some press on them. And when I found that article, I was just like, okay, I can get behind this guy. Yeah. And, um, I bought his Young Guns. Um, and then we ended up selling it recently. And um, I'm currently saving up for a Ovechkin Grail um, and waiting for that to pop so that I can get that card. Um, so we sold it, but it was to level up. To level up. That's, that's okay. Fair strategy. I, I did pull out six cards I'm going to show you and the audience from my personal collection. There they are. I'm not going to show them quite yet, but they're all Ovechkin cards and yeah, sort of uh, for you. The only Luca card I have is his Prism Base, so nothing exciting to show there. So I'm not going to bother with that. I've shown enough Jordans on the show in the past, so I'll show you these in a couple seconds. I just want to. So yeah, a lot of people, especially um, Eric here, who has Orr in his name, is going to argue that Bobby Orr is the, is the goat. BNTS says that Orr is the goat, so there are obviously arguments for that. He goes on to say that Jordan is the goat. And what I want to say is that Jordan is the Wayne Gretzky of basketball. So everyone likes to say that you know this person. <laughs> Everyone likes to tell you that, oh, he's the Jordan of this. He's the Jordan of that. Well, Jordan is the Gretzky of basketball. Gretzky came along before Jordan did, so we, we can get away with saying that. I like the adventures of Troy remembers from playing street hockey. You know, car, and everyone had to move the nets out of the way, let the car go by. You know, game on. <laughs> for yes. sure, for sure. Yes, um, I remember that well. <laughs> yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Um, good times. We have a couple of Hey Christina's from Brian there. Uh, Adventures of the Choice is good advice to collect Ovechkin. So, okay, I'm going to show you some. Uh, I'm going to show you some of my Jordan cards, and we're going to finish with. Uh, sorry, Ovechkin cards. Then we're going to finish with um, two more just hobby questions. Then we're going to be done. All right. So, so I've got six cards here. Um, five of them have have uh, 
a bit of a connection to basketball cards. So the first one I'm going to show you is the 2016 FLIR Showcase Metal Universe Planet Metal, Alex Ovechkin. So just like the Planet Metal from, you know, the Jordan had and Kobe had back in the 97 metal set. This is this is from 2016, though. And uh, this card was, I, I believe, was gifted. It was like worth three bucks at the time. Somebody just gifted it to me at a trade night here locally. And um, I love it. So I had it slabbed. And uh, anyway, that's the first one. I'm going to, not a grail, but a really cool card that yeah. could be a grail. The next one, you'll recognize this for sure. This is from 2012 Fleer Retro. It's the Noise Boys. Again, the Michael Jordan Noise Boys from 97 is a monster card. So this is the Ovechkin. Oh, there's a nice, there's a good angle right there. You can kind of see the, the lava flow a little bit. Really awesome card. I love it. You like these so far? There's two. I love these. These are awesome. Yeah, I'm taking notes, Jeremy. I'm taking notes. <laughs> okay, good, good, good. The next one is the 2013 Jambalaya. Right? You, you, know, what, you know Jambalaya. I do. Yeah, that's awesome. This one, I had this one graded myself. It's a PSA 7, which, you know, seems like a low grade, but I mean, I look at it and I don't even notice the grade. I just, I love the card. It's just such a cool card. So there's the, 20, the 2013 FLIR Showcase Jambalaya. Three left. I don't know what order. Okay, I'm going to leave the rookie card for last. So two more inserts. So this next one is a 2014 FLIR Ultra EX Essential Credentials Now. So this might be grailish because it's only out of eight. So you can see we've got the die cut cardboard on the acetate back with the purple acetate there, which is, you can see my face right through it. Pretty cool, numbered four of eight, PSA nine. That's great. It's, I think that might be somewhat grail worthy at this point. This is definitely grail worthy. This is the 2016 FLIR Showcase. This would be the PMG Green. P in a PSA eight, which is, you know, very nice for a, uh, any PMG type of card. I think this would be Grail caliber, no? Yes, definitely. Yeah. It's a great yeah. looking card. Yeah. That, like he pops so much. Like, so you have to stop me because I'll just like start going in on what these cards, like how these cards look. He pops so much in this card. And then the like Z shape of the, the like name and logo uh, draws your eye across the card. And then like, the way he's standing with his stick, like the hockey stick, like it just draws you back up to him and like to the the capitals red and then against the green, it just like pops. Like your eye is drawn to that card. Like if you saw that card in a case amongst a million other cards, your eye would catch that card because of the colors. Yeah. It's, and it looks like Christmas, which. <laughs> you like that. <laughs> Number number seven of ten on the back. I just want to come back to this one. What what do you what do you make of this card aesthetically? This card is really interesting. Um, so yeah, I've actually never seen this card before. So I would want to like look at this a little more before I like fully dived in. Um, but the choice of where the acetate is to me is interesting. Um, based on like his body. And then, like, the acetate screen next to him. So he's kind of silhouetted on his left side, uh, like, with the acetate. Um, 
and it's it's interesting because there's like a point at the bottom that like draws you into the acetate and then the acetate is angled at the top so it draws you back towards him so your eye kind of goes into this like triangle like parallelogram kind of like <laughs> some kind of geometric shape where it like your eye is constantly moving across the card um which i find really like speaks to someone when they're looking at a card um that like you're not just like focused on one aspect that like there is movement to the card itself so that you can appreciate everything yeah yeah it's it's really cool in hand because I, I don't know if you're picking it up but this is a really interesting sort of foil effect going okay. on in the blue there and, okay. the and the silver back here. Like it almost looks like the camera is picking up some sort of static, but it isn't. That's actually okay. that's actually the design. What you're seeing there, that's what it looks like in, in hand. So it's, uh, it, and then the, of course the, the gold, uh, the, the hollow foil where the Capitals logo there, the number eight there, and then the EX over there is yeah. really, really cool. Okay, I wanted to get that. And then the last card is, you know, so a rookie card. You mentioned that you have the, the young guns. You no longer do. For me, as far as hockey rookies go, I like I like this brand the most. It's the SP Authentic Future Watch Auto, which is, to me, the kind of the sweet spot for a rookie card. And, I mean, now there's, now this card is blown up in value. It's no You can no longer pick this up for, you know, a thousand bucks. But if you could, when I bought it, it was like, oh, it's a no brainer. It's beautiful, hard on card auto number to 999, a great design this year. One of, one of my favorite designs of any year for SB authentic. So this is a, this is grail. Now I have to think it's a, you know, he's got bigger cards. His, his cup rookies are more like the, the national treasures or the, or the, uh, the exquisites, but this is still a great card that, uh, you know, if you, if you, if it's within your reach is a, really a great holding for as far as Ovechkin rookies go at this point in time. Yeah. I, yeah. I enjoy this set as well. Yeah. Well, good. So those are, those are the six uh, Ovechkins that I want to show you. Cause you did mention to me that you were, you know, sort of saving up for a grail type card. I'm not saying these are all grails. Like, I think a couple of them definitely qualify as that. So um, I maybe opened your eyes to a couple options there for, for you. Yeah, no, for sure. Are any of those for sale, Jeremy? <laughs> They're not, unfortunately. No, none of them are. None of them are. So that was just a tease, is what it you're was, telling me. It was just a tease, just a little bit of a show off that I I like to do once in a while. Share some of my cards with with, with my guests that relates to the guests and with the audience, of course. So no, I appreciate it. Thank you so much for sharing those. Those are amazing looking cards. Oh no, thank you. Thank you for enjoying them for sure. Um, okay, so thanks everybody for the comments. Um, all right, let's start to wrap up. I do want to, you know, we know the hobby's going through a bit of a, um, we were high up, up, up in January, February. We're starting to, to kind of level out now. Some call it a dip, this and that. Where are you right now for your collect? Where, what's your personal mindset? Where is it at right now with respect to the hobby and your, uh, your transactions, your, does your your buying and selling habits right now? Um, I mean, I'm still buying. I just bought a a Luca Grail. Um, if people want to consider it a dip and they want to discount their cards, especially their Grails, they want to message me. I'd be happy to pick them up for them. Um, I don't really see it as a dip or market correction or whatever you want to call it. Um, 
I mean, it's just the market. The market moves. If it was just up and to the right, it would be kind of boring to buy cards. Plus, it would like it would be difficult to buy cards um, because you would have to buy it now every single time. Otherwise, it would be more expensive next time it popped up. Um, I, I think that like the market movement makes things interesting. Um, I'm not concerned or overly like nervous about like what we see. Um, we definitely see less all-time highs than we did in like February, but we're still seeing them every night on card ladder. Um, and like people are still spending money in the hobby, um, which I think is a great sign. Um, but perhaps it's like a little less than what it was at that peak, but we we're also learning things, right? Like, so in February, uh, it was like a lot of, a lot of people were coming in and they were buying cards and they were hitting buy it now instead of offering like best offers or waiting for auctions. Um, and I think people are becoming smarter and that's what like is happening at this moment. So you're still, you're still in You're I'm all in. You're all in. You're all in. All in. Awesome. I, I all play in, Jeremy. I'm all like, in. <laughs> all in. Oh, right on. I played poker last night with some friends of mine actually. And, um, I went all in a couple times at the poker table. I've, I've been all in on the hobby for quite some time. It'll never change for me. I, I can't see it ever, me ever not being all in. So regardless of where the market goes. So I hear where you're coming from for sure. Last question for you. And then we're going to wrap up. The national is coming up next month. Are you going? Yes. I'm very excited. It'll be my first one, Jeremy. So if you guys, if anyone has any tips or tricks, I would love to hear them. Um, it'll be our first one previously, uh, pretty much since 2016, we've always had some work or family commitment where we couldn't get out of <laughs> to make it to national. And then we were going to go in 2020 and of course COVID happened and it got delayed and then it got canceled. So we've had our hotels for a while now, and I am so excited to get to go to national and meet some amazing friends in person for the first time and uh, get to see people and talk to people and see some really awesome cards. Yeah. Well, you will get to do all of that there for sure. I cannot wait either. I'm, I'll be there too. We get to meet in person. I'm very much looking forward to that. And um, yeah, you won't, you won't be let down. I'll, I'll put it to that way. As far, as far as tips goes, you know, I have a couple really quick, really quick. You know, you need to wear good shoes. Everyone will tell you that, but that is very important because the, those floors will wreck your, your knees and, and your feet. So you definitely want to wear good shoes. And the other thing is that if you see that card early on that you want and you think you might get to go look at the rest of the, of the booths and come back and buy it later, probably going to be gone. So the biggest tip I get, and this isn't just for now, the way the market's been the last year. This is always pretty much. You see a card you want. If you really need that card, you feel like you really need it. You just have to. You just have to get it because if you if you think you're going to find it later or come back on Sunday and get it for a deal because the vendors are getting desperate to make sales, card probably won't be there unless it's unless you know it's like some base card for a 1960 set you're finishing. Then you're probably okay. But if this is an important card. You may as well. You might just want to pick it up then. Those would be the tips I, I'd give you right now. 
that's it. We're, we're, we're going to wrap this up. So I do want to thank you, Christina, for joining us. This was awesome. Thank you for all the perspective and for the, the women's perspective. You know, I wanted to make sure that we did a couple of things here. One, we heard about everything that you're doing in the hobby and you have done. So House of Jordans, Christina's Corner, Card Ladder, uh, Sports Cards Culture. I want to make sure that we heard how you collect see some cards you collect. And then I wanted to get into the aspect of being a woman in the hobby. I didn't want to make it all about that, but I certainly wanted to make it that a part of it because it is a perspective that, hey, this is episode 101. 100 episodes went by without a woman being on this show. So, you know, I mean, I wanted to, I wanted to hear about that. I want to hear all those things. I hope that the audience appreciate that. I hope you were happy to share that, those insights that you bring. And I, th- I think we we achieved that. So thank you for that. Um, I'm going to do so. I'm going to run through the comments that are trickling in right now, and then we'll get your final comments. So save them, and then we're going to end it. Okay, good. Okay. Tyler says, not as big as Dallas or the National, but I was at the Philly show, and it was packed. Prices are leveling a bit, but the hobby is still stronger than ever. Great feedback. Thank you for that, Tyler. Much appreciated. Uh, let's see. Refractor says dips don't affect collectors in a negative way. It makes it easier for us to obtain grails for our PC and collecting for our passion is what's important for real collectors. That's great. Thank you very much. Adventures with Troy says stay away from Brad. He puts signs on people's back. He's talking about uh, the comeback card investor there. Uh, Eric says collectors will always be all in. These new investors may not be. Fair comment. Fair comment. Hockey guy says the time to buy a rare card is when you see it. I completely agree with that. Frankie says the national will be crazy. I'm more excited to meet people than the actual cards. LOL. I hear that too. Frankie, I can't wait to meet you there, buddy. Cannot wait. Refractor says wear comfortable clothes and shoes. Thank you. BNTS. Really appreciate that compliment. Thank you. Oh, here we go. Thank you very much. Latrell goes on to say, Christina, you are amazing. Thank you for what you do in the hobby. You, Josh and Chris keep rocking. Very nice. Very nice. Okay. And thank you everyone else for all the comments that I did not get to. I see Joe says that the Noise Boys is so nice. Says noise, yes, very much. Wise Collectibles says uh, for informational purposes only. The Obechkins, yes, those were not for sale. All right. Chris, okay, everybody, thank you so much. Hit the thumbs up. Give a subscribe. Final words from you, Christina. Then we're going to be done, and then we'll be back very soon with Sam from Women of the Hobby on After Hours. On to you. Um, I just want to say thank you, Jeremy, and all of the people watching. Uh, your comments are awesome, and thank you so much for the great – uh, feedback and support that you've shown tonight and pretty much my entire hobby experience, not just Jeremy, uh, but the people in the chat and anyone who's watching this after the fact, um, you guys are what makes the hobby and like the community is what makes it fun. And I'm so happy to be a part of it. And it was a great honor to be on the next, the first of the next 100 episodes of sports cards live. What a great way to what a great way to kick those off. Thank you again for joining, Christina. Thank you, everybody in the chat. We'll be back with Sam. Sam, if you're listening, we'll see you in the back end of the next studio in a couple of minutes. Christina, hang on right there. Every- Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.